0: And I, I love you and love you in the Lord. God is good. I want you to turn with me now for a few moments to John chapter fifteen. We have been doing a little theme every year, and of course we're not going to do twenty twenty vision anymore. The last time we did we had a pandemic. But I thought Second Peter chapter three, verse eleven said, In light of the coming of the Lord, what manner of person ought ye to be? I'm glad we can be something for God. So our theme has been, what will you be in 23? You say, why did you pick that? Because B rhymes with three. What will you be in 23? In light of the coming of the Lord, what would God have us to be? And for the next several Sunday nights, as the Lord gives us liberty, I just want to take one letter out of the alphabet from A to Z. What would God have us to be in 23? And I've chosen this word tonight, the word abide. I don't think we could do anything greater in 2023 than to abide in Christ. That little word abide literally means to cultivate a close relationship with Jesus Christ. How many tonight had a mother or a father but didn't believe in spankings. They believed in whoopings. You say, well, pastor, what's the difference? If you don't know, you've never had one. If you got spanked, you would probably, you know, do what you did again. But if you ever got an old-fashioned whooping, you'd at least pray about it. And uh, I'm sure when your mother and father were disciplining you, the fellowship was not that good, but the relationship was always there. I remember I was acting up in church one Sunday night, my dad was preaching, and my dad was one of them kind of go, Mmm. I mean he didn't have to say anything, mmm. But I ignored mm. So when we got home that night he took out the Board of Education and applied it to my seat of knowledge that I might get a better understanding. Anybody been there, done that, got the the T-shirt? And so I, I don't remember this particular occasion, but he told me when I when he got through dealing with me, he said I looked at him and I said, Daddy, I thought you was a man of God. I thought you was a Christian. He said, I am. He said, Daddy. He said, I said, Daddy, a real Christian wouldn't treat anybody just like you did me tonight. The fellowship wasn't always there, but that relationship was solved, settled. The day I met Christ, the day I chose Christ, the day the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sin, drew me to Christ, and I believed on Him, washed in His blood, I became a child of God. God is my Heavenly Father, and I'm His child. But I want to do more than be related to God. I want to fellowship with God. I want to do more than go through the motions of religious activity. And by the way, I like religious activity. I like the singing. I like going to church. Praise God, I'm a Baptist. I like taking up an offering. But I want to do more than go through the motions of religious activity. I want to fellowship with God. I want to do more than just be saved and know I'm going to heaven. I want to enjoy the trip. One of the joys I get to travel, and I get to see this beautiful country. God, let us live in. And I still think one of my favorite places is the Smoky Mountains. You love the Smoky Mountains. And uh, when me and Miss Arthur start up 441, and you know you're getting close when you get to Gainesville, and then when you get to Demarest where all them rednecks live up there, Austin. uh, You know you're about to get to the Smokies. Uh, I don't tell her blindfold me and you drive me up there and when I get up there, I'm going to look at it. Well, number one, I'm afraid of her driving. If you think I drive bad, ride with Miss Arthur. Y'all just be quiet. And uh, no, I don't do that. I don't say blindfold me. When you get to the Blue Ridge, let me look around. I want to enjoy the ride along the way. I want to see the trees and the flowers and all the beauty. Well, I've heard people say, well, just drop me off on your way up to heaven. No, I want to enjoy my journey. I want to enjoy the trip. And can I tell you tonight, if you're not fellowshipping with God, If you're not praying and reading your Bible and letting God speak to you and you talk to God, you're missing out on one of the greatest joys of God saving your soul. I'm glad I'm saved from hell. Amen. I'm glad of that. I'm glad I'm saved from the great white throne judgment. I'll not be at that judgment. My sins have been forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. And thank God for that. I want to enjoy my journey. I want to enjoy my trip. And I believe we couldn't do any greater thing this year than to abide in Christ. Cultivate that close relationship with Jesus Christ. And can I say this tonight? Just as the potter knows the clay. And just as the shepherd knows the sheep. And just as the captain knows the private, and just as the physician knows the patient, and just as the Savior knows the sinner, and just as the Father knows the Son, just as the disciple knows his Master, I'm glad in our text tonight, the vine and the branch can abide together. And enjoy our Christian life. And so for four moments, let's look in uh, John chapter 15 on this wonderful truth of abiding in Christ. Read with me if you will in verse number 4. Say it with me. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. Here it is again now. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, there's never been a truer statement said in all the world. For without me, you can do nothing. Can I get a good amen on that one? If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is with it, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you, continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. I believe we've got it settled tonight that our Lord wants us to abide in Him. Cultivate that close relationship with Him. Do more than know Him by name. Do more than know Him as our Savior that saves us from hell. Do more than wear the brand mark on our life as a Christian. But fellowship with Him. Commune with Him. Walk with Him. And don't wait to get to heaven to enjoy the Christian life. Enjoy your journey. Because I'm telling you tonight, there is nothing like living for God. And there's nothing like walking with God. Doing more than showing up on Sunday with the Bible. But enjoying God on Monday and enjoying God on Tuesday and enjoying God every day of the week. The Bible said that the outward man perisheth. And if you don't believe that, wait till you turn 50. And you will find you are perishing at an astronomical uh, rate. I've been as healthy as a horse just about my whole life. And two weeks ago, I sent in a doctor's office and paid him thousands of dollars for him to look at me and tell me, "You're fat and overweight and out of shape." I could have looked at the mirror and said that and saved thousands of dollars. He said, you've got to go on a diet and you've got to lose X amount of pounds and you've got to exercise 30 minutes a day. And he kept on and I said, I'm going to get a second opinion. He said, you're ugly too. But the outward man does perish. But aren't you allowed the Bible said, but the inward man. That part of me that God regenerated out of my dead spirit and it lives for God. It's renewed day by day. Being a Christian is more than just knowing you're going to heaven when you die. Now let me back up and say I'm glad I know I'm going to heaven when I die. And the greatest thing you'll ever know in your life is knowing you're going to heaven when you die. But that's just the beginning of our salvation. It's walking with Christ, it's fellowshipping with Christ, it's abiding in Christ. How many love to go to church on Sunday and feel the blessings of God? Did you know you can have that on Monday? Did you know you can have that on Tuesday? You can have that every day of your life. And I believe tonight the local church can have revival. And 2023, if we'll just turn a little bit of the world away and out and tune it out. And abide and live and walk. And again, cultivate that close relationship with Jesus Christ. I love the way he uses the analogy in this text, the vine and the branch. In fact, he opens chapter number 15 with one of his I am's of John's gospel. He not only said, I am the way, I am the water, I am the bread, I am the resurrection, I am the good shepherd. But he says, I am the true vine. And you got to go to that eastern world and watch those vineyards. As that main vine comes out of that ground. But off of that main vine, there are those little branches. And through that vine comes a life-giving sap. And it flows out through them branches. And it produces that fruit, that grape on the other end of the line. And the only reason why that branch is fruitful, the only reason why that branch is alive, because it is connected to the vine. Lord of mercy. And the reason why we're saved tonight and we know God tonight and we're enjoying the Christian life tonight, it's not because we joined a church, it's not because we got baptized, it's because we are in the vine, we are connected to the vine. Christ is the vine, the vitality, and the victory of the Christian life. And I want to just take a few minutes tonight and walk you through this passage and give you four wonderful benefits of abiding, cultivating, in close relationship with Jesus Christ. Number one, I believe tonight if we will abide in Christ, we will have abundant fruit. Say that with me tonight, abundant fruit. You say, what is abundant fruit? Well, it's a lot of fruit. It's a bunch of fruit. You say, well, what is fruit? Well, two things. Number one, fruit is a proof of life. And by the way, what that preacher said this morning, I believe that God created a man and God created a woman. And that man and that woman produce other men and women. You see, God set it up in creation that everything would produce fruit by its own kind. Somebody said, well, there's a lot of weird things going on in this world. Let me tell you something you will never, ever see. You will never see a banana on an apple tree. You will never see peaches on apple trees. You will never see watermelons dangling from a coconut tree. And you'll never see coconuts growing on a corn stalk. You know something else you'll never, ever see? You'll never see a kitty having a puppy. Can I tell you something else you'll never see? You'll never see a puppy having a kitten. If you see a puppy having a kitten, please take a picture of it. Put it on YouTube and make our church some money. And I can promise you, you will never see apples on orange trees and bananas on coconut trees. And you'll never see kitties have puppies and puppies have kitties because God has set it up that it bears fruit after its own kind. Well, the Bible said in verse number five of our text, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, the same bringeth forth fruit, much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. So let me ask you this, if fruit is the proof of life, don't you think a person that claims to be saved ought to have some proof of that life? And and by the way, have you ever noticed fruit, it always grows on the outside of the tree. I I get so perplexed that people say, and well, it don't matter what you have on the outside. You know, God looks upon the heart. I know God looks upon the heart. But my fellow man that I am determined, Lead to Jesus, every day of my life, they don't know what's in my heart, they don't know what's in my mind, the only thing that can see is the fruit that grows on the outside, and I just believe tonight, if you get the inside taken care of, the outside will fall right in line. The fruit is proof of life. Now, if the fruit of an apple tree is apples, and if the fruit of a banana tree is bananas, and the fruit of a vine is grapes, then what is the fruit of a Christian? Say it with me. What? Another Christian. Another Christian. And I'm telling you tonight, when we abide in Christ, I believe we'll see people saved by the grace of God. You know what you are tonight? You are a product of somebody influencing your life for Jesus Christ. I've heard people say, well, nobody from church witnessed to me. I heard the gospel on the radio. You know who paid for that radio time? A church somewhere. We have a man that sits in our church every Sunday morning and they got saved listening to a man of God preach on the television. His wife had gone to church. He said, I'm not going with you. And while she was at church praying for him, he turns on the television and a flaming evangelist preaching from a King James Bible preached on will a loving God send a sinner to hell. That old boy got under conviction, got born again, got saved. In fact, his name is Wesley, comes every Sunday morning. God saved him by... By listening to a preacher on the TV. But guess who bought that time? People who go to church. You know who built this building? People that go to church. You know who keeps the lights on? People that go to church. So every time we witness, every time we give, every time we pray, every time we say a kind word, we are sowing the gospel seed and we are preparing our lives to reproduce ourselves. And by the way, a church that doesn't see people saved, one day will diminish, they will be depleted and that church will go out of business. But aren't you glad when God's a moving and God's a saving, the fruit of a Christians are more Christians. Somebody that was a Christian prayed for you. Somebody that was a Christian witnessed to you. Somebody that was a Christian got a hold of God for you. Somebody that was a Christian taught you a lesson, preached you a message, sang you a song. All of us tonight, we are the fruit. We are the results of somebody walking and talking and, and abiding in Christ. And you and I love to see in 2023, I love to see an old-fashioned revival break loose and people get saved and saved and saved and populate the city of God. And I believe God's still in the saving business. Abounding fruit. Notice how he words it. Notice the text. Look at verse number 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit to taketh it away, and every branch that bear fruit, he with it, that it may bring forth, what? More fruit. Look what it said in verse number 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear, said with me, much fruit, so, you sh- so shall you be my disciple. Look what it said down in verse number 16. I love this. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit, say this with me out loud now, should remain. So God said, I want you to bring forth fruit, I want you to bring forth more fruit, I want you to bring forth much fruit, and then I want your fruit to remain. I believe tonight if we'll walk and talk with God and pray and read a Bible and cultivate that close relationship that will be abundant fruit in our life. You can't help but influence somebody's life for the cause of Christ when you're living for God yourself and radiating that love of God that is in your heart. I don't believe tonight that God put us in this world to ourselves to live and die to ourselves. God put us in this world that we might sow the gospel seed and have fruit, much fruit, more fruit, and fruit that remains. I don't want to die and go to heaven not influencing anybody's life for the cause of Christ. I hope along life's journey, I've preached enough, I've witnessed enough, I've testified enough, I've sang enough, I've spoken kind words enough to people and sown the gospel seed. And the Holy Spirit germinated that seed and brought that sinner to Jesus Christ. And like my dad used to say, God does the saving salvation is of the Lord. It is a sovereign act of God. I can't save anybody, but I can tell them about a man who can, who has, and who will, and who wants to, and his name is Jesus Christ. And you would be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, that the people all over the metro Atlanta, Georgia area They've gone to church their whole life and they've never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. There's a church not far from here and I was at a place of business one day and a man told me where he went. And I said, man, I've heard of your church. I said, what would your preacher preach on Sunday? He said, well, he preached on how to be wealthy. I said, man, I wish my wife would have been there and me one heard that. He said he, he talked to Sunday before that on how to be a successful business leader. And I said, man, our country needs that. And he said Sunday before that he preached on how to be a model citizen and about voting and, and, uh, and, and being trustworthy. And, and, and all of that's fine. All of that's fine. It's necessary. I said, but let me ask you this. I said, as your preacher ever got in the pulpit and preached from John chapter 3 on you must be born Again, he said, not in the five years I've been there. I said, has he ever said to you, repent or you'll perish? I said, has he ever said, you go to the cross and you get washed in the blood and that's how you get saved? That man had no idea what I was talking about. But I'm glad to tell you before the conversation was over, he knew exactly what he was talking about. And let me say to you tonight, I want you to be successful parents. I want you to be successful business people. I want the sunshine of God's blessings to rain upon you. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be wealthy. But you listen to me. You die without God and burn in hell forever. Your health or your wealth no longer matters. The most important thing in your life is to know God and be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, that's got to be preached from our pulpits. That's got to be taught in our Sunday school classes. That's got to be sang in our songs. I believe God wants the church to be fruitful. So if we abide in Christ, there will be abundant fruit. Secondly, tonight, I believe if we'll live close to God and abide in Christ, there will not only be abundant fruit, but I believe there will be abounding joy. I just believe if you live for God, you're going to have some joy along the journey. Look, if you will, in verse number 11. Verse number 11 in the text, These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that, and notice how he flips it, and that your joy may be full. Now listen. I know we all have bad days. I know a lot of times we get up on the wrong side of the bed. The devil has his way in our hearts and in our minds and we give in and we get under the circumstances. But let me clear the air. If you are a perpetual grouch, if you are a perpetual whiner and complainer, if you are a perpetual just, ill, aggravated person. You're not abiding in Christ. Now, I didn't say you wasn't a Christian. I didn't say you wasn't a believer. But you're not walking with Him. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, it's not going to be a miserable experience. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're going to have some joy. And by the way, tonight, joy is not even happiness. Because happiness comes from happenings. Joy comes through fellowship in what Christ by the way, tonight, joy is not even the absence of fear. It is not the absence of problems. It is not the absence of trouble. But joy is hope and courage and life in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength tonight. Thank God for joy. Whoop! Joy unspeakable. And full of glory. You say, what do you mean joy? Don't you think it's a joyful thing to know your sins are forgiven? Don't you think tonight it's a joyful thing to know you're not going to hell. You're going to heaven when you leave this world. And isn't it a joyful thing tonight to walk with the King and know Jesus Christ. And to have, amen, abounding joy in our heart. I love what he says about joy in the text. Number one, he talks about the source of our joy. He said, my joy, my joy, my joy. If you know him, there is joy. The source of that joy, my joy remaineth in you. And not only the source of that joy, the size of that joy. He said that my joy will remain in you and then it turns into joy your joy, and it might be full. Are you running on a full tank tonight of joy unspeakable and full of glory? As I travel around and preach in other churches, a lot of the churches will have the staff set up on the platform. I hate it when they do that. Because most of the time, most of the churches I preach at, when the staff are sitting behind me while I'm trying to preach in other churches, the staff looks like they have had a hernia operation. i never seen nothing like it in my life. And it's almost like that church has the philosophy, the matter I look, the more the power of God I'll have in my life. I was trying to preach the other night in this dignified church. I couldn't get a thing going. It's like I was talking to that wall, and I'm wondering, what's wrong? And about that time, I looked behind me and I found out what was wrong. The pastor, the song leader, and all the staff were like this. And so I walked, I said, Hallelujah. I said, it's wonderful to be saved. I said, lift your hand and say glory. He went, hallelujah. I'm like, could you please just go sit down there with the heathens? Man, I know we have hard days. Our family, your family, all of us, the last three years, of COVID and the election and this and this and this and that, and you put out one fire and you got three more, and I believe, and I believe the whole world's took a stupid pill. And you expect drunks and sinners and dopers to act crazy, but when people claim to be a Christian and they act crazy and they act mean, man, we need revival. And I know the problems are there, and the pressure's there, and the hurt is there. But I'm telling you, man, if I walk with Christ, cultivate that close relationship with Christ, pray, read my Bible, walk with God, it's going to be more than problems. It's going to be more than pain. There'll be a deep joy that is in my heart, and I'm glad it's His joy. And it becomes my joy, and it gets full. I believe tonight, if we abide in Christ, we'll have that abundant fruit. We'll have that abounding joy. Number three, look in verse number 10. I believe as we cultivate this relationship with Christ, listen to this one now. That will be an affectionate love. I believe if you walk with God, you'll not have hatred in you. You won't have bitterness in you. You won't have revenge in you. You won't have self, self, self in you. But if you read your Bible and pray and walk with God and abide in Christ, he's going to put some old-fashioned love in your heart. Abiding love, you say, preacher, you got any verses for that? Well, let's walk through the text. Look in verse number 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my, what? Love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Look at verse 12. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have. Wow. What about verse 13? It's big. Greater what? Love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life. For his friends, you say, well, brother, what about them people that get on your nerves? We all have that. But I'm telling you tonight, you can't hate. You can't hate. You can't have bitterness and anger and revenge. You cannot be self-centered and abide in Christ. I'm telling you, if you're walking with God and living for God, and, and let's, let me say this, religion will make you mean. Old-time salvation will make you sweet. And people that are ugly and critical and condescending, aren't we having fun, and selfish, and everything's about them, they need to abide in Christ. Some good old-fashioned love in your heart. Listen what the Bible said. Jesus said, all men shall know you're my disciple. Because you criticize one another? Because you condescend one to another? Because you're always trying to outdo one another? No, Jesus said, the world's going to know you're mine because you love one another. He said, Brother Joe, I don't believe you love somebody that you're mad at. You've never been a parent. You know, they say you shouldn't discipline your kid when you're mad. If you don't do it then, you're chicken out. Now, you know I'm telling it right. If you don't go ahead and, 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 and get you some, are you mad? You're going to chicken out. Because they're going to come up there and say, love you. My daughter would always go, daddy, I love to hear you preach. She didn't love to hear me preach. She still don't love to hear me preach. She just didn't want the discipline. Listen, my wife and I, we've been married over 38 years. I love her more today than I did 38 years ago. I love her. She's my honey baby. She's my sweetie pie. I ain't going to do like them three boys did from Alabama. They was over there one night, and one guy said, compliment your sweetheart. He said, well, what do you say? He said, watch this. Pass me the sugar, baby. One of them said, pass me the honey, darling. Old boy from Alabama said, pass me the tea bag. Now, I don't want to do that. But I'm telling you, we've not always agreed. In fact, some of you have seen us when we did not always agree. (laughs) Oh, yes, but I love her. I love her. And man, Ben, you may get crossways over something immaterial. We may get crossways over, I may see something different than you see it, or you may see something different than I see it, or I think we all do this, or you think we might all do that. We're not always going to walk in perfect harmony, but I promise you tonight. If you're walking with Jesus Christ, reading your Bible and praying and you got more than an outward religion and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's going to produce some affectionate love in your heart. You're going to love your brethren, you're going to love your family. You're going to the Bible said, "We'll even love our enemies." Love, love, love. You know what? That's the cure all. Now I believe tonight, if I love God, I love my wife. If I love God, I love my babies. You know, sometimes you have to work at loving your wife. Sometimes you have to work at loving your kids. Now you ain't got to work at loving your grandkids. That's automatic because you're not responsible how they turn out. Isn't that wonderful that you can play with a human being and not be responsible? For how it turns out. Isn't that wonderful? You can spoil rotten a human being. And not be responsible. For how it turns out. I mean you can feed them. coca colas and candy bars. And donuts. And send them home with their parents. And laugh. While their taillights are going out the door. The driveway. Man love. I don't want to go into this. Too personal but. I had something in my heart. For a very long time, I get some people. You don't know them. They they don't go to church here. They've not been members here. Nothing like They don't even live in this state. They don't even live in close to this state. And I just struggled with some things that just, anybody here ever been irked? Adios. How do you say that in Spanish? Irked. What? Well, how, how? Get mad? Huh? I've been Ohio at a time or two. I don't know what that means, but I've been Ohio at a time or two. And boy, I'm telling you, it had really got a hold of me. And one day the Holy Spirit, I'd made my brags to some people that one day I'd clear the air. One day I'd settle the score and one day I would make it right. And man, I picked out the time and place and I was going to make my big speech. I said, everybody listen, I got something I want to say. And my wife dies. because she knew what was coming. And the Holy Spirit said, shut up. I put up with more out of you than you ever put up with them. Woo. Now, you can't argue with Jesus. You might as well forget that. And I looked out across that room and I said, here's what I want to say. And Dawn, I got to crying. I said, I love you. And I love all of you. Life is good. God is good. Well, pray. I'm telling you, brother, it's like a cover of your quail flew off of my soul and the weight was lifted. off. I'm just telling you, brother, that old bitterness and that old hatred and, and that old anger and that revenge and that bitterness, brother, it'll kill you. It'll destroy you from the inside out. But may God, the Holy Ghost, baptizes my God. I feel like preaching in perfect love. And let's abide in Christ and the love of God flow through us. As that love of God flows from that branch through that vine out to the fruit, may the love of God flow through us tonight like a mighty river. May God give us abundant fruit. May God give us abounding joy. May God give us affectionate love. Then I close with this, number four. Look in verse 26. As I abide in Christ and cultivate that close relationship to Christ, there will be an abiding presence. There will be an abiding presence. You say, what is that abiding presence, Pastor? Look in verse 26. But when the, if you got the right kind of Bible, that word is capitalized in that text. The, capital C, comfort. In the margin of your Bible, if you want to write down there, put in parentheses, Holy Spirit. Oh, spread the tidings round wherever man is found. The comforter. You say, what does it mean, the comforter? It means one that's called along your side to aid you in the time of trouble. If somebody comes to comfort you in your sorrow, Lord of mercy, they've come along your side to aid you in a time of your sorrow. But i mean to tell you, when your wife is not there, when your husband is not there, when your parents are not there, and maybe when your children is not there, or when your pastor's not there, or your church family is not there, or no earthly friend is there, if you are a born-again, blood-bought, hallelujah, child of God, somebody is there, and it's the Holy Spirit of God. Woo! And He's called along our side to aid us. The Comforter. Notice what he says, verse number 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send in my name from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. Man, if I'll abide in Christ, I'll have that abiding presence. I'll have the Holy Spirit to do two things. Comfort me and correct me. Now I believe it's because of my raising. There are some things I don't do to this day, just because I'm afraid mom and daddy might see me. I was raised that way. There's just some things I don't do to this day. I just we grew up not doing that, and I'm still not comfortable with doing that. I because my mom and daddy had eyes in the front, in the back, in the bottom, and the top of their head, and they knew when you were lying. But I guess because the way I was raised. If I did something wrong, it wasn't long till my conscience bothered me. I remember going to Kmart. Now, you know you're old if you remember Kmart. Some of you are older than that. You remember Roses. Some of you are older than that. You've been to TGY. Some of you are older than that. You've been to Belt Leggett. Some of you are older than that. You've been not just to Sears, but you've been to Sears and Roebuck. Some of you are old, you've been to Belt Leggett's. Some of you are so old, you have been to McCroy's Dime Store. Anybody older than that? Some of you are so old enough, you've been to Woolsworth, Earl. And I remember going to Kmart, and I loved G.I. Joes. And I needed one of the machine guns for my G.I. I I didn't need the G.I. Joe. I just needed the machine gun. So I just, can you, Joanna, can you get arrested for something that took place 45, 50 years ago? Okay. I just want to see my legal ground first. So I just got my machine gun stuck in my pocket. Got out there in the car, and, 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 and like I said, daddy, he said, you know what God hates? He hates thieves and liars. That thing, Jack, that thing started burning a hole in my pocket. We got down the road a little bit, and they said, yeah, I said, I'll tell you right now, anybody, you know, just lie to me and steal from me, they're just sorry as gully dirt. Man lie from you, steal from you. Sorry. God, I tell you right now, hell's full of liars and thieves. Well, I ain't lied. Yeah, I did too, because when I come out, I had this look on my face. They said, what's wrong with you? Nothing. So we got to that house. Got Well, our trailer, our little trailer we lived in inside the church. Went back in my room and I got that machine gun out and it just wouldn't fit in G.I. Joel's hand. Couldn't get a bit of joy out of that. About an hour I said, can we go back up there to that Kmart? I think I lost something up there. You said, you're lying. No, I didn't. I lost my joy up there. You said you just should have broke down and told him everything. I wouldn't be here if I had done that. I said I need to go back up there, Daddy. I think I lost something up there. Well, hurry up! I ran back in that Kmart, put that little G, that little GI Joe up there, and I put that little, that, that little machine gun back up there. And I walked back up there. He said, "You find it." things great to this day I think he knew why would he bring up liars and thieves and on the way home he said boy ain't it good when God forgives us of our sins ain't it good when the bells of God ring on your soul ain't it wonderful when you get right with God I said whoa hallelujah I've had revival that's before I got saved my conscience bothered me after I done something wrong. But now, after forty plus years of walking with God, Richard, my conscience don't bother me when I do something wrong. It bothers me before. Somebody told me this the other day. He said, I got a man that calls me every Friday night and says, okay, tell me what you did this week. Where'd you go this week? And who'd you see this week? What'd you do this week? And I'm going to tell you all of my sins and you're going to tell me all of yours and we're going to keep a check on one another. He said, Brother Joe, do you have somebody like that? I said, I sure do. I sure do, Richard. I got somebody like that, but it ain't on Saturday night. It's on Monday night, and it's on Tuesday night, and it's on Wednesday night. And he lives in my heart. He's my comforter, but he's my corrector. And I believe tonight as we abide in Christ, cultivate that close relationship with him, that joy is going to be there. I believe that love is going to be there. I believe that fruit is going to be there. And I believe that abiding presence of the Holy Spirit will be constant in our life. So this year, let's just go beyond religion. Let's go beyond Sunday morning only church. Let's go beyond the activities of religious organization. Let's walk with the King. Let's read our Bible and pray. Let God speak to us. Let's don't wait till we get to the top of the mountain to take off the blindfold and see the beauty. Let's enjoy the trip up the winding road. God wants you to enjoy the journey. So God help us tonight to abide, to abide constantly abiding in the love of Christ will change our life. It'll change our families. and I believe it'll change the world. I heard my wife say this today to someone. She raised them young and by herself, spent a lot of time by herself, and she's never been afraid of nothing. She's not afraid. She's not intimidated. She just goes about her life. But she said lately. I never gave two thoughts about it, but lately you kind of look over your shoulder because people are so vile and mean. But how many believes tonight if everybody on planet earth would abide in Christ, our cities wouldn't be war zones and our prisons wouldn't be filled. I believe tonight if we abide in Christ, it makes us what we ought to be. I want some fruit tonight. I want some more fruit tonight. I want so much fruit tonight. And I want my fruit to remain. I want to do more than name the name of Christ. I want his image stamped upon me to be more like Jesus, to be more like Jesus. I stand together, Father, we thank you.